Welcome to episode 134 of SDGC for Thursday, January 17th. I wrote on my notes here January 7, 173rd, so I almost said 173rd for a minute. Like it was. Checks it, out. I, I probably should have right. done that. That anyway. is a number. If you're not aware, Super Perform Gamescast meets every Thursday night right here at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we discuss the latest gaming headlines with a wide variety of panel members and guests. We also do all kinds of other stuff as time allows, like a separate show about movies and television, community game streaming, and a mental health support show. If you've been along for the ride so far, welcome home. And if not, hey, feel free to stick around and maybe throw us a follow. Every single podcast is archived the next day on our YouTube channel for those who like to watch, and you can find us on SoundCloud and Google Podcasts for those who like to listen. We're on Spotify now, too, actually. My name is John, and tonight... Don't ever interrupt me again, Finn. Don't ever interrupt me again. <laughs> My name is John, and tonight I'm joined by Derek. What's going on, everybody? Finn. It's me. Hello. Zachary. Hello. Or as we like to call him, Smack Robertson. Get out of here. Fuck <laughs> <all>. <laughs> And Sweet a very special boy. guest, Lucy O'Brien from IGN. Thank you Hi. so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is very exciting. This is very cool. It's, I especially like that I can see a cat in the background there. Yep, that's her. Is she there knows. a cat in the background? I did. Yes, I did. Kitty. Yeah, that's my cat. That's already you the highlight of the day. Strong. How is everybody yeah. doing tonight? Alive. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I should probably have our chat up uh, right here. No. No? Unnecessary. <laughs> chat is fine. The chat is All fine. Right. Listen, Lucy, for people who don't know who you are, talk to us about your career, where people can find you, all that sort of stuff. Okay, I guess I missed some of that, but um, I so you you want to know my career and all of all yes. that sort of thing? Okay, I want to know your career. <laughs> it made a LinkedIn career. profile. Give, give us the profile. Give us the Lucy origin story. Oh, okay, Lucy. Oh, that's origin a good way of putting it. All right. Well, in a nutshell, I used to work at New Zealand. I'm from New Zealand originally, and uh, I used to work at New Zealand's equivalent of GameStop. And somewhere along the line, I started writing reviews and such like for a, a New Zealand based uh, website. And I don't know, it was it was back in the day where you could just where you could forge a career out of doing something like that. Like these days, I mean, with, you know, influences and, and YouTube and that sort of thing. I mean, that kind of career path doesn't really happen. Right. But it was it was very doable back in the day. And I basically just kind of worked my way up and, and did a whole bunch of different, like disparate crazy things. I wrote a a car combat game that Greg Miller actually reviewed when he was at IGN. I was I was I was a co-writer on that. I think he gave it a four, which I think is generous. So out of out of five? No. No. I'm gonna have a talk with Greg about that. Clearly no, he was out of four. No, he was he was bang on. He was he was spot on okay. with me. Um okay. I did, I spent a year in PR, uh working for an agency that looked after games. I, I I don't know. I've kind of had a very strange career. I never really expected to be where I am today. Um but I started at IGN in twenty twelve working in the Sydney office. Uh, and I was there for six years and yeah, it was only the beginning of December that I started in the San Francisco office. So that's kind of like my career in a nutshell, but there's, I mean, there's, there's so much more, but I don't want to bore anyone. Cause it is, it is like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's boring. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of it. Do you ever like, do you ever look around like just at the office at IGN and just think to yourself, how the hell, like. I love playing video. I love playing games. Like I've loved playing games my whole life. And now mm -hmm. I'm here and I never, I still don't quite know how it happened or I still, I just, I'm still not, is it, is it real? Like do you, do you ever still have those thoughts? 
I mean, yes, but that it's a combo for me because it's a combo of how am I here and also how am I here in the United States? Yeah, so it's like, it's like yeah. a two, it's like a twofold thing. Like I, I'm some, I like sometimes I'll, I'll just be at my desk and I'm like, am I dreaming? Like, is this like, am I dreaming that this is happening right now? Because it, it's still, I, it, I'm still so fresh, and it's still kind of I'm going through a bit of culture shock. Yeah. You know, I gotta tell it you, could you be picked a, better a really time. good. Yeah. yeah, you picked a really good time to come. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, the warmest yeah. welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry it's, about that. Oh look, everyone. I mean, I'm in California, which helps. That's true. That does help. That Do you know what help. I mean? Like, I feel yeah. very, I feel very removed, but also, you know, need to sort of look around me and 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 see what's going on with the with the state of the country. And sometimes I just, you know. Drink all that away. There you go. <laughs> so, so I you know what's funny is that, that. Uh, uh, not to dime, not to dime Lucia, but before we went live, she asked, she said, "Hey, are we going to do cameras?" Because I was going to have a glass of wine, and I was like, "No, no, no, bring the alcohol." Like yeah. we all, <laughs> like, no, please. Yep. Like I, it's it's not a Thursday night if 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 I'm yeah, not I mean, drinking something on our, our live deal podcast. With being on this podcast, yeah. yeah. Well, this to be to be honest, it was it was mainly that I didn't want like to subject you all to my red wine teeth, but I just oh, figured no, no. I, I I what the hell, who cares? No, no, no I mean, question for you. Um, mm. Do you ever, whenever IGN hires someone new, do you just like give them that knowing look, like I, I was once you, it'll be okay? What? <laughs> What are I you mean, talking about? What? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Finn? It's, 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 <laughs> is everything it's, okay, buddy? It's, 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 it is a lot to, it's, it's, it's interesting because I started in a new office in a new country, but like, at least I knew most of the people there. Sure. Yeah. Most, and I knew, you know, the processes and, and, and the CMS and all that sort of stuff. So like, I was a bit luckier I, I still think it would be a very terrifying prospect just to start. Like you, you do get really thrown into the deep end and there's a lot to learn. And there are, are a lot of processes to learn because, you know, we're not just a, we don't just write, it's, it's, it's video and, and social and Snapchat and, and all that sort of stuff. Like there's, there's a lot to kind of wrap your head around. So yeah, I mean, I am the newest person in the office right now. And I'm sure mm -hmm. that when, someone else joins i will give them that knowing look <laughs> yeah and okay, feel your eyes i am so, um, oh, no, no, please go no 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 no, no i was gonna drive us into a topic are you sure oh no I, I just wanted to um i wanted to hold on well first let me make for sure my computer is not going to uh uh do a an update right now because i definitely you know, be a bad don't time want for that. that i love it when that happens i that definitely don't right want that live okay, show. let's get rid of That's that great. Let's get ready because it popped up. It's like, hey, time to restart your computer for the update. I'm like, fucking absolutely not. This is the, no, this, the worst yeah. time you could possibly take that. So I'm like all freaking out. I actually, I wanted to, I wanted to just uh, kind of raise a point that 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 Lucy had made. Um, when, you know, when you talk about, you know, how did I get here? You know, and and uh, wow, am I really here? Like, you know. I, that's something that we're familiar with on this podcast as well. Because I mean, we've only been doing and this. We're still for, baby what, mode, even guys, like three and a half years, like which is not a lot. When, when you compare to some other podcasts and when we started this thing um i was mourning for a friend who had taken his own life and i just wanted a group of guys to talk about video games with and now here we are with you on our podcast and you know we've we you know been on kind of funny and we're going to panels and conventions and it's, it's sometimes it's it, even now we all just kind of especially me just kind of sit around and, and take stock of everything that's happening and go 
what the fuck happened? Like, 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 how John, did I get here? Like, John, this is the most, this is the most wholesome, humble brag I've heard <laughs> in the first 10 minutes of a podcast. Um, but I'm, I'm here for it. And I, I appreciate the sentiment. I can start I talking guess? about how good looking I am if you want. Okay. So no. our first topic, okay. Okay. Yeah. take us into okay. the first topic. Okay. So our, our first topic guys. Uh, so there was, there was uh, a lot of news earlier this week that EA has kind of shaken, shaken the, the framing on, but, uh, Jason Schreier of, of Kotaku, uh, who notoriously breaks very big, 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 big stories, uh, reported that uh, uh, EA's Vancouver studio, I, I believe it's the Vancouver studio, has uh, shelved the version of the project they were working on that they took over from uh, Amy Hennig last year, or actually 2017. Mm -hmm. 2017. And, actually, and, and the, the original thing is that that game has been totally canceled ea has now come out and said actually we're just pivoting that to something that that uh the game can can kind of uh uh i guess they're refocusing uh the game to be something different uh whether that's a cancellation or just a pivot is is kind of up in the air but we have seen uh i believe two games from ea in the five years that they've had the e uh the the disney star wars license that sounds about star, right. star wars battlefront which is very successful star wars battlefront 2 which had problems uh does anybody I'm, have a take was that I'm, not always was that not successful as well battlefront 2 I thought it, it, was it struggled it's it sold okay but it did struggle uh the the pr in the week above its launch kind of kind of shot I think if you look at absolute numbers it did well but i think i don't, I don't remember if it fell short of their app of their expectations i know that player drop off was pretty severe uh yeah. and of course it ended up being the the kind of focus of a major storm on like microtransactions and yeah. uh, loot boxes, that. and and that yeah. ended up they were like the center of that whole controversy. Um, well, I, I mean, look at it this way: like I'm a huge, massive Star Wars fanboy, and I never even played. Uh, I never even played Battlefront Two. I had no interest in it whatsoever. I, I know you guys uh, are only talking about AAA, but you have to give them credit. EA also did release Galaxy of Heroes. A that's true. Oh, they, that, okay, yeah. Mobile games that they, and I know yeah. that that's. It's cold comfort, but they did release a bunch of mobile, yeah. mobile games. So. Mobile's a, an, yeah. an underrated part Mobile's of the market. I mean, I know that traditional player. gamers don't like yeah. to yeah. think about it too much, but I mean, that's an incredibly popular sphere of gaming, and it's absolutely valid. So, so I, yeah. I actually have so EA actually um, <clears throat> they uh, they released a statement um, about this. I think just the other day, and I'm actually going to quote uh, an IGN article because we've got. Uh, uh, this is from Jonathan Dornbush, who, by the way, uh, is a really cool guy. Um, I've known he's a super. He nice is. Guy. He's a lovely man. He's he's a, he's a good guy. Uh, EA has uh, officially commented on the reports that an open world Star Wars game has been canceled. In a statement provided to IGN, a representative for EA said, "The great work by our team in Vancouver continues and will evolve into future Star Wars content and games." The full statement reads: "There's been speculation overnight about one of our Star Wars projects as a natural part of the creative process." The great work by our team in Vancouver continues and will evolve into future Star Wars content and games. We are fully committed to making more Star Wars games. We're very excited about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order from Respawn, and That's we'll right. share more about our new projects when the time is right. EA did not concretely confirm or deny Project Orca's cancellation, but the statement seems to imply the work done so far will be possibly focused into new projects if indeed Orca has been canceled. So it seems like they're walking the language back a little bit. Um, or at least they're definitely walking the language back. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, people people have definitely like lost their jobs over this. Like, it's not yeah. it's that people like to use the word pivot. Yeah, and and like it is a very uh, in 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 some way there there may be some truth to that that you know they're not throwing out everything, but but 
it's not what we expected. It's going to be a whole brand new thing. The problem right. is that in yeah. development terms, you don't you don't just like pivot partway through development and decide it's going to be something different. Like you start with your design document and you move from there. So when you want to make partway through, if this game was going out well to EA's expectations, you wouldn't be curveballing. Um, now yeah. that isn't to say that the game was going poorly according to original plan. We really have no way of knowing at this point why this change happened. But if they're going to pivot in their terms, it's really not tremendously different from, from starting over. Uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of almost, it's not quite a semantic battle at that point, but it's, it's not as, as minor as EA wants you to believe that that is from a it development standpoint. A lot. And based on nothing, cause again, we don't know the true details of this, but it reminds me a lot of fable legends where it was a game that kept yeah. getting retooled yeah. and pivoted to trot chase the latest trend it was a synchronous multiplayer then it was a uh, free to play then it was uh like a uh, always online scenario and all and it kept changing its focus and they never told us and they just kept getting pushed back and retooled and yeah you know there's another facet here that i don't think we've brought up and the fact that isn't is i could be wrong but it wasn't this um amy hennings game well so was she so, working no, no, no. on this one so so amy so my understanding was that this was the game that amy was working on uh that got shelved in october 2017 and then ea vancouver took it over and the idea was that the the basically it was another pivot uh and that similar assets were going to be put forward to this new project so in theory based on ea's wording this will be the second, or I guess the third project that's going to be using the same assets that Amy's Hennig team was I feel theory working on. So bad for Amy at this point. Like I just I mean there's and there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of people's names that we don't know who have been grinding yeah. on for a lot of years. That's um, a, that's a great point. And and so one like, one can I just say one quick thing? No, no, please, um, please go ahead. It, it, and Lucy made a good point, which is like there are jobs being lost, and EA made a point where they're like, Well, no, no one's been laid off from EA Vancouver, which is true. But one word that you said, orca size, which which was the which was the project uh, uh, name for the game, uh, Walt, I think his name's Walt Williams, who wrote Spec Ops: The Line and then worked with Mitch Dyer on Star Wars Battlefront Two, recently tweeted, "I have an orca sized hole in my in my time table. So if anyone has any writing gigs for me, let oh, me know." Man. Yeah. So, so like, no. Yeah, I mean, he's a he would have been contracting. You know? Yeah. So exactly. I, like like people's uh, no people may not have been laid off, but. If, if everything is may not have been people felt to the new project yeah it's it's a it's a it's a it's a massive change absolutely I, like i i don't know it's it's such a difficult thing to say because like we don't know the inner workings we don't know uh uh any, you know i don't know the insights of mismanagement i don't know sure. where the it, it feels to me like a perfect storm of just like screw ups on and i don't want to i don't want to like completely blame ea because uh again i don't know the facts um but it it has it hasn't worked out that having the license has not worked out so well for them right um yeah but, but also the fact that that disney and star wars it's so difficult it's like suddenly being in charge of nintendo if you're not nintendo yeah. well and, like, you know and, what... and, and having to ask and, and having to sort of the, the world has to be a certain way and therefore you're really constrained and I can only imagine how difficult it is to work within those constraints. That honestly makes me wonder if they're, if Disney isn't playing a role 
in this somehow. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I find it very interesting because, you know, you know, I, I had a thought hit me the other day. It, it's that we're not just seeing problems with Star Wars titles get out the door. We're seeing problems with Marvel properties get out the door as well. And these are both Star Wars owned or these are both Star Wars. These are both Disney owned IPs. Um, there was a lot of talk at the Game Awards about the fact that we didn't see the Avengers game that Square Enix Open. is supposedly working on. And Crystal Dynamics, um, too. Yeah. And Crystal Dynamics. So, so like, I'm, I'm wondering if if there's i'm wondering if this is more of a disney problem than it is uh, a developer I, problem i uh I, actually lucy do you have anything to start off with before i no, jump I mean, in uh, or uh, cut no, you no. Off? i i mean i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say i think it's just a really complicated messy soup of yeah. both it's just it's so confusing because like you know it's star wars it's one of the biggest intellectual properties on the planet and mm. you would think that you know I, i'll use the language i used before we went live this should be the surest of all sure things like that's it's star wars like i mean I, but for whatever reason um you know and i don't even it, like, the, the, these titles just can't get out no i don't want to update my computer stop it just and, John, stop but, and that's why disney probably is a much bigger factor than most people like everyone on the internet loves to just play the blame ea game yeah. Uh, and but as someone who has worked with IP owners before, they are extremely particular. To give just one brief example without saying who, at one point a bunch of official assets that we worked on had to be scrapped because a period and a space were not in the right place yeah. of the uh copyright. So and that that scrapped like three weeks of work. So then you take that, and that's a comparatively small thing, and you put Disney with their baby of Star Wars into the mix, and there's no such thing as just it's passable. Uh, yeah. Right. I, I, EA is not in an enviable position because they also want to make their games as profitable as possible, but then you put on Disney's expectations, and I guarantee you a very healthy dose of hand-holding. Oh, it's yeah. A lot of cooks in the kitchen. Uh, well, yeah, and, I, yeah. and I, I, I simply, I, I do not envy uh, any any developer who is working under the EA umbrella and also working with Lucas Arts, right? Like, there. That's a double whammy. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, and, and not, and I don't mean it because Disney is difficult or because because EA is difficult, but it's just this idea of you having two people stand over you with with things that that are crucially important to them, and the create like the creative side of being a developer uh, of of creating assets and using those assets now has to go through two sets of partners which just, yeah. just makes the work there's, really there's long. a chain of command to get anything approved that then you have to factor that into everything and then the game there's of actually, go ahead Lisa. I'll, I'll just I, i'm just no, gonna please. quickly interrupt there's actually a, a, a quote that jason schreier got which I, I i just brought up um now from an ex-visceral developer uh talking about the lucasfilm approval process uh so this is back in 2017 that this that he got this quote yeah. Um, and it's exactly what you guys are saying. With Star Wars, you could be talking months, potentially years. Oh, would protagonist really look like this? What would his weapon look like? Potentially years of that. Would he carry this? Would that really work in the Star, Star Wars universe? With Uncharted, they can build any world they come up with because it's their world. Uh, with Star Wars, you have to have that back and forth. And people think, oh, it must be so cool to work on Star Wars. It actually kind of sucks. That's the quote. Yeah. And of course it does. I mean, it, it would be agony. And I think a lot of people sort of do assume, oh, it's Star Wars. It's that it, it's a no-brainer. It's a slam dunk. And it's like, no, my God, imagine the approach 
approvals that you have to go through. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, like, there's a reason. Like, so so the big backlash behind Battlefront 2 is that a lot of their progression was locked behind loot boxes rather than cosmetics, oh, Christ, which is what people that. prefer. Which is what people prefer. Mm. And, I, and I get you. Progression locked behind a paywall sucks. But also, the idea of sitting with EA and coming up with hundreds of, of customization unlocks that all meet the requirement would take forever. And in a games-as-a-service era, that, that might just not be a feasible thing. And I think that's maybe what we're seeing EA and, and in that case, DICE contend with. I think this is um, almost a good example of, of why uh, you've seen licensed, like, licensed properties in general, um, but especially like big licensed games, become so much more rare over the past couple of console generations because this oh, sort of yeah, stuff absolutely. was ubiquitous during the um like the ps2 era um and then you move on and it kind of dropped back a bit and, and it's pretty rare to see um you know major games that are tied to a big comic or movie or show property uh compared yeah. to before and i think that yeah. this is a good example of that dragon ball fighters was yeah a uh a journey so let me ask you guys this, and I want to throw the question to to Lucy first. Should we be concerned about Respawn's uh, Star Wars game, Fallen Jedi, or I think it's called? Um, because it I, almost seems to me like this IP is cursed at this point. I I mean I I feel that EA has at least got some confidence in it, considering it was uh, brought up in that in that response in that yeah. public, yeah. Um, and I I think that if it wasn't at least going to plan, uh, it, would, like, it wouldn't be mentioned yeah. in that statement. Do you know point. what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like it is, right now, at least I feel like it's, it's, it's the one big hope. It's, yeah. EA, <laughs> it's a new hope? EA is putting, it's a new hope. It's a new, <laughs> don't, ever, don't ever do that again, Finn. <laughs> EA is betting a lot on, on this and, and placing a lot of faith uh, in this project. And, and, I, I mean that's that's my take. If if it would if it was it was if it was completely crumbling uh, from the inside, it wouldn't have been included in that statement. Yeah, go ahead, Finn. I was just gonna say my only fear for it is I I, I worry that either a it gets delayed from their projected holiday 2019 title or b that they're so worried that the negativity of, of a delay that they force it out and then it's rushed state it suffers. So, so I've got, okay, I've got, I've got something to, to address the first thing. One, so we saw them commit to this 2019, this fall 2019 date at E3. We're now more than six months later, and they're still committing to that. And they, and they name drop Respawn's game explicitly. Like, I, I don't, like, listen, it could get delayed. But I would say that six months after E3, less than 12 months from a game's launch, them coming out and explicitly saying this is our launch date is, is a good sign especially from e3 or sorry especially from ea but then again as soon as i said that i'm like wait they delayed uh battlefield like five weeks before it launched yeah supposedly. that's so, a good yeah. I was just now i feel that. a little weird about it but i still want to say they're confident because respawn hasn't released a bad game yet which again fingers crossed that can so, i guess it comes down to they haven't shown anything from it yet so in EA, ea is not bethesda or ubisoft that usually has a smaller dev cycle in the sense of like we here's the announcement here's the release mm. so who knows but so like so i i don't know i i need this game to be good because i titanfall 2 for my money is probably the best first person shooter this generation that's just that's just my opinion and, titanfall 2 was magical titanfall yeah, 2 is so fucking good. Yes. Oh God! Like so it was. I mean, I think 
if it doesn't have the best single player first person shooter campaign this generation, it's in the top three. Well, it's up there um, with Wolfenstein too, in my opinion. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I, I agree. Now, now EA hears you, but have you considered <laughs> Battlefield One, which she launched just a mere ten days later? They're just yeah. Absent. They again, again, EA is not to yeah. blame for this for this Star Wars debacle, but they goddamn buried Titanfall Two. Yeah. So, oh, okay. they, which is weird because Titanfall Two is such a better game than Battlefield. It's a banger. Like, yeah, yeah. It's a good like game. It's just you know. So I, I guess here's my thing, right? Um, it, it, actually, you know what? I want to point out something that Sam said in chat. Um, uh, Sam, uh, Sam Tolbert, our friend Sam Tolbert, uh, he said when I talked to Drew uh, Car Carpishan, is am I pronouncing that right? I uh, drew Carpician last year. Carpician. He said one of the Carpician. He yep. said uh, one of the main reasons Kotor was able to succeed was because timeline-wise, it was so far removed from everything else Star Wars, and they had creative freedom, uh, which kind of ties back to what we were talking about with with you know Disney being in charge of the Star Wars IP now, uh, yeah. them them owning the OP. I, I definitely I think that's a great point from Sam, and I think I, I you know being an open world star wars game i am sure if you're trying to fit that into star wars canon that's so fucking hard it's probably really difficult yeah yeah um and this was an open world game correct like this was supposed to be a uh, it was supposedly gonna be open world yeah before oh, we moved imagine, to it would have been so good i know but i mean like listen it could have been it could have been it could have been a pain listen before we go to our next topic derek you've been a little bit quiet you got anything buddy not that it hasn't already been covered y'all okay. y'all got it Derek's a man of few, he's a man of few words, but when he speaks up, we all pay attention. <laughs> I had my bit about, about development earlier, and that was where I could chime in. Is somebody yeah. who's been involved in some indie development, so that's, so, that's what I got. So, I, just real as, quick, Zach, Zach before yeah. you go on, I just want to point out the most amazing thing happened. I picked up my bourbon, and my copy of Kirby Planet Robobot fell off my desk and right into a full cup of coffee on the floor. So that's cool. Oh, wow. Um, do you have a full yeah, cup of cool. coffee that on was, the floor? You acted so chill about that. I, yeah, I, like, you're... I, I, you know, like I, I kind of wanted to scream a little bit because I love, I love Kirby. Uh, but he loves you back, whatever. John. There's nothing I can do. Uh, whatever. Anyway, Zach, please continue. <laughs> I just wanted to Listen. point that out. Listen, so, so we've talked about troubled developments and we've talked about potential repercussions of canceled games, um, and, and maybe layoffs that come with that. So maybe it's a good time to talk about uh, increasing unionization efforts across the game industry. Predominantly, we've seen the most success in the UK and in Europe, but I think that's that sentiment is starting to spread. Uh, does anybody have a, a particularly uh, 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 strong point they want to make about increasing unionization in the industry? So I actually put so Kotaku uh, uh, and uh, specifically Jason Trier, um, who's who's great. He put out a an article about this very thing on March twenty second uh, last year, and I just want to quote his article real quick. I've got it pulled up here. Uh, he said in a small room yesterday inside the massive uh, Moscone Moscone Center. Uh, meeting complex, roughly 200 people crowded around a large table to conduct a challenging conversation about working in the video game industry. There was a single microphone chauffeured from person to person by a sprinting staffer working the Game Developers Conference, which is running in town all week. Most people began talking before the mic got to them. Raucous banging, presumably from, con pr presumably from construction nearby, drowned out many attendees' comments. Despite the din, the buzz in the room was apparent. People were, were ready for change. They were there for a roundtable, led and moderated by the International Game Developer Association's Jen, uh, Jen McLean, titled Union Now, Pros, Cons, and Consequences of Unionization. Over the course of an hour, only one person in the room mentioned the cons and consequences, McLean. As the microphone moved from speaker to speaker, the room heard argument after argument in favor of unionization. Every single one was met, was met with applause. One person talked about unions putting an end to exploitative internship programs. Another said they, they expected a union would protect marginalized members of the community. 
and I'll skip to the last uh, paragraph here, and I think Jason hits the nail on the head. Uh, he said, to not take action means accepting the status quo. To accept the status quo means being fine with brutal, unpaid overtime, systematic, systematic layoff cycles, and other well-documented industry abuses. In my reporting over the years, both for Kotaku and my recent book, I found it impossible to meet a game developer without a work-related horror story. And he's right. Yeah. He's, well, he's 100% right. I don't have the exact stats like on hand and can't pull them up at the moment anyway since I'm running the stream, but um, isn't it something like the average like programmer in, in game development makes it through an average of like three projects before they leave the industry entirely. Um, something like that. Yeah. It's something like that. Burnout is, is brutal. Um, before we get too far into this topic, um, I want to clear up one misconception that I frustratingly continue to see on this topic um, in, in personal conversations online on message mm -hmm. boards um, in, in articles. And that is the idea that, reducing people have this idea that increasing work hours per week has a linear scale in terms of productivity people say oh well you know the game's got to get done so you have to work 80 hours per week on red dead redemption 2 um and the simple fact of the matter is it's it's well and observable that worker productivity drops off a cliff when you have them work long hours for extended periods of time occasional weeks of overtime doesn't really cause that but long-term burnout causes people to spend less time on the clock actually performing work functions and when they do work they're a lot more error prone and take longer to correct mistakes that's a really good point they're yeah. burned out a, a team working 80 hours per week gets less total work done than the same team working 40 hours per week making people work more for extended periods of time is actually counterproductive and the industry keeps doing that and there's a lot of industries that most industries have learned that lesson and it's really frustrating to see that that game development has not and the other side of that is when you have so much burnout you you keep no experience when your average person works for three games and then ditches to go into much better paid much better working conditions, general software development outside the gaming industry. Um, you've got nobody with the experience to become project leads. You've got people who don't have the required experience to um, to foresee mistakes and not make them at all or correct them when they come up, um, which goes back directly into productivity. It takes more time and more paid hours to get these games done. So the idea that gamers come up with that this is a necessary evil um, these long working hours and this burnout is actually counterproductive to getting your favorite games done on time and in good quality. So let's yeah. let's clear that conversation up right now because it's it's a complete non-starter. Yeah, Lucy, yeah, do you have anything? Yeah, please. Yeah, I mean, I I, I am very pro unionization. I think that uh, we've all heard the horror stories. We all know that there is a culture in the video game industry that encourages crunch and encourages um and in tech in general like not just the games industry i suppose like all across the board i mean you look at elon musk and and some of the comments yeah. that he's made oh about God, yeah um you know a, a, about a sort of 40 hour working week being completely um uh, unfeasible for what what they do at tesla um it, it's it's it the whole culture needs to be completely shifted and union, like unionization has absolutely worked in other areas. Like you think about um, film and television, for example, 
like it it's that the 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 sag what is it it's called sag aftra sag yeah sag but- exactly i mean that is that is a has been such a massive force um uh, such a massive force in that industry and it seems crazy to me that video games uh which earn more money than than film as a, as a yeah. as a general rule um it's a it's a massively profitable in- industry uh that there is no unionization and that we still have this weird culture of just okay yeah working 100 hour weeks is just what you have to do and you need to be happy to be here because you are blessed you know like yeah. I, I think that that is that is also something that that we see a lot once you're in the video game industry people are expected to feel grateful that yeah. they're in there that they're that they're in the industry and 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 therefore if they're not grateful you know people need to know that there are one they need to know that there are 100 people lining outside the door not 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 even 100 like a thousand people outside the door that yeah. could that could take that job and it's like yeah. it's this terrible pressure on game developers and it's just it, yeah it's just it's it's a kind of horrific scenario and and things need to change that's my well, and, 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 you know i think there's there's multiple culprits here right like mm. Uh, obviously like we all remember the story about um about rockstar and their 100 plus hour work weeks uh crunching on red Dead. yeah that was a that was a hell of a thing um and i did by the way i just want to state up front that i'm of the position that give me the choice i don't care what game it is i don't care if it i don't care if it's an octopath traveler style remake of final fantasy 6 i'll throw that out there if if it is if it is keeping people from spending time with their families and their children i don't want the game yeah I, i don't want the game um, I'm a family man, and I know what it's like to be kept from your family, and I don't want that for anyone. Nobody should want that for anyone. Um, like I was saying, there's multiple culprits here. One, obviously, are the um, is just the the state of the grind itself in the game's development uh, cycle. Um, and uh, you know, like there there are studios that can get this done without the grind. I think uh, just today I saw a story about the developer of Slime Rancher. I apologize, I yeah, know who they are, but from Patrick from Patrick Klepek uh, of Waypoint, right. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, Insomniac has come out and stated that they did not crunch on Spider-Man. Like, and that game is amazing. Yeah. And it, the game is fucking awesome. And there was no crunch involved in that game. Um, the other side, like the flip side of the coin, are I don't know if you guys saw the responses from gamers to that Red Dead Redemption 2 story, but they were all about, hey, you know what? You got to sacrifice your home life for the game, baby. You got to sacrifice your family for your job. It's important, yeah. baby. You got to give us some cowboys. Like, like, like. <laughs> The a mass massive a massive swath of the gaming audience itself, it, in my personal opinion, is driving a lot of this. Um, and people say that you know gamers don't have you know like it, it doesn't matter what they think, but it does. It does at a, a at a high level. And Rockstar, like companies like Rockstar, you know, I'm not just going to single them out. Like a, a lot of developers, they and publishers, they they see the fervor with which uh you know their consumer base wants these titles they want them they want them as quickly as possible and they will do what they i mean these are corporations and they will do what they need to do most of them anyway in order to get those games out um in in a in, a, in what they consider to be a a timely manner and uh, i i'm all about uh unions i i think it's i think we this is something that the the industry has needed we needed this time. 5 years ago yeah. And, and yeah, and, yeah. And I, I can't fucking believe that we're we're still not here. Like we're we're in 2019. We just had a story about Red Dead Redemption 2 literally 
people sleeping in their offices for months. Like I don't know. It was, it was, it was months, right? They were doing that whole, yeah, it was one, not yeah. a short amount of time. Upwards, upwards of six months. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And, well, and you know, like, yeah. like, you know, I, I, here's how I put it. Um, and, and I, I you know, so I didn't work those hours when I was at war. When I was in Afghanistan, I, I was part of a quick reaction force. Like during my time in the QRF, when literally we would fall asleep on the, you know, in our clothes, in our, in our, in our battle rattle on our racks, because, you know, quick reaction force, if there's an IED or there's an ambush and you support your fellow Marines, you got to get up, you got to go. You're the quick reaction force, right? I didn't spend as much time on duty in a fucking war zone as those developers did putting together a fucking video game. And that is, that is unsaid. And as much as I love this industry, something has to give. Something has to change. Because Well, I think you make a strong point about the fact that gaming audiences broadly defend the practice. Um, yeah. and, and that's not really... I, I don't want to put Can that I, as like... Oh, you go, go ahead, Zach. Yeah. No, like, I, I just want to build on what you're saying. Because I think we're heading towards the same direction. But like, yeah. one, one thing that I think has, has led this... And, and listen, like, there are unionization efforts happening. That are, that are very successful and happening in other places in the world that are very successful. But I think a big hurdle is that the United States, especially in the last 20, 30 years, when it goes back further than that, has had successful right-wing campaigns that are anti-union that tell people who are laborers, who are working hard, that the reason things aren't getting done, the reason they're not happy, the reason their wages aren't there is because of their fellow worker and not because of the people at the top. And we've seen states in the Midwest and other places in the United States that will pass anti-union legislation, work, they will vote for things that are against their best interest because they're yeah. tricked into doing it. And I think that that culture of, of anti-unions has seeped into the video game industry. And like you said, when you couple that with extreme fandom where people want the next Star Wars game as soon as possible or, or the next Red Dead game because it's been eight years and I can't wait to go on Yeehaw 2, people get <laughs> into this weird space. <laughs> Where they just they they just demand it, and it's frustrating because we've seen things where people have done it right. Like you're just referencing that slime rancher thing, which is something I took notes about that, that I wanted to reference. But also you see things like uh, Dead Cells, which came out of a French studio that I had to I had to write this word down because I would forget it. But they're based on a a anarcho syndicism where everyone there there are no job tiers and everyone is paid the same whether you've been there from since a founder or you've been there for a few months and you contrast that, was, uh, that against oh uh that was the dead cells people yes yes oh, right okay um yeah but you contrast that against people like like rockstar where if you've worked on red dead for five years but you can't do that last year they won't even put your fucking name in the credits and we're okay with that wait, we're wait, fine wait, with wait, that wait wait hold on i'm what yeah, yeah that, you that remember that, part. John? If no, I don't yeah, remember. Was, what the fuck is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a huge part in the in the Rockstar story where, like, if you don't finish the game, if you are not there the day it ships, your name doesn't go in the credits, which is which is particularly problematic because you have no way to technically prove that you worked there. How is that uh, even fucking legal? Like, it's legal. It's fucked, yeah. but it's legal. But United um, States, we'll put it that yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, it's. But we're just we're. But I, I think that Christ. I think that at its core, we will not see. We're at this weird juxtaposition, and I'm, I'm being kind of verbose, so I'll wrap it up, but uh, we're at this weird juxtaposition where we have this weird anti-EA like whiplash to any new game they announce, but then we're also on the side where we're like, these, game, these developers really need to get this game out on time, and it's just this weird... I guess it's just capitalism. I think it's just fucked, guys. I think we should scrap it's, it no, and start over. <laughs> you're completely right. It's capitalism. Um, one thing that I, I want to highlight is... So... John, that piece that you were referencing from Jason last year, that came out of GDC last year. And that was when 
I, I, I was there at GDC. I wasn't in that particular okay. meeting, but I was there and I could, I, I really felt that, that sort of simmering unrest and that meeting by all accounts was an absolute disaster. Really? Um, and, and Jen, Jen McLean, uh, she's a friend of mine. She's, you know, she, she wanted to have the conversation and I appreciate that she opened the floor up to having that conversation. I mean, I am pro-union. She has questions uh, around it and that's, that's her prerogative. Uh, but this year, this is what's gonna be really interesting because we're, we're, we're heading into GDC in March and the conversation around unionization has only got more intense. And so I feel like in March, we're gonna see that conversation just completely explode. So I think this year, this year's GDC is more interesting, is more interesting than last year. It's, 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 it's a fascinating time to sort of be witnessing this conversation. And yeah, I think that we're going to see a lot of stuff coming out of there. Yeah. So I guess I've got two questions, uh, one for everybody and then one in particular. One the question for everybody is, has anybody noticed that you can't say the word unionization without sounding drunk? I, like, I, just... I feel like I'm drunk. Like I'm trying to say I, it. Like, it's tough. Because I, I like, but also it's like, Union, like like unionization. It helps union. if you speak it with a with a very strong southern draw. Unionization. Yeah. You, know. you just gotta like like cut some of the vowels out. I mean, if you I just, don't know if you just you break out just keep... your your foghorn leghorn and you talk about unionization, then it why turns out fine. <laughs> Kentucky Derek is out. Why do you Christ. guys keep mispronouncing? Unionization. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I I'm sitting here because like, I'm pretty sure it, the like, chemists. That's I'm like a... I haven't had that much fucking bourbon yet. I'm like so when we're talking about unionization, like I just I can't fucking no, say John, that word. No, drunk. Um, the, the the what am I not drunk on this podcast? Uh, but the other question I had for Lucy was, um, so this year, what do you think is the way forward with this? Because. Uh, you know, like I, it, it's good. Like I'm, it's really heartening to hear that this is something that's going to get addressed in, in even further at GDC. But what is the next step? Because I can't imagine that a lot of publishers are going to be too happy about the prospect of unionization. In in in, in I, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like there's going to be some significant pushback to this, and I wanted to see what you thought. Well, I mean, I don't know whether this is going to be the year that that everything explodes and we're going to see it all happen. Um, but I do think we're going to see a more organized, united effort to making it happen. And I think that's going to be a really interesting to wa uh, thing to watch from the outside. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just, this year of all years, I feel like the conversation is, is, just right up there it's at its peak um and the more people who come together and 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 sort of vocalize this as one um the more it could become a reality it's just yeah it's it's really interesting watching it from the outside and last year's gdc unionization meeting was such a clusterfuck um <laughs> it's gonna it's just gonna be so i think quite inspiring to see what this year's conversations bring. Right. You know, what's interesting is that uh, our good friend, Steve Blomkamp in, uh, in chat, uh, he says they do the same thing regarding removal from credits in film. It's a systemic issue across all creative industries. Um, and he would know for anybody in chat who doesn't know, Steve is actually the cousin of Neil. So 
Oh, Steve, Steve is actually Steve. It's actually super good to see you, man. Yeah, uh, it's always yeah. a pleasure to have. Steve. I've missed I've missed having having Steve in chat. And and uh, also congrats to Steve because he just announced today. Uh, uh, he is taking a, a short break of time after leaving. Uh, his his development studio, uh, who makes the gallery, uh, I believe, are, are the series of games he worked on, or am I? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. So shout out to him for taking some time for himself to kind of recoup and, and watch. We, watch about... We're talking. We're talking about what a friend Steve is to the podcast, and we're sitting here probably fucking up the name of his shit. You so, know, like, Steve, we're trying sorry, our best. You know, it's that thing he does for that thing. You know, working in the industry and working really hard so we can all. Um. Yeah. Uh, so listen, we've we've had some downer topics, and I think we're gonna keep going. Yeah, drive it into the ground. I'm so sorry. There's listen, not a lot of good news this last week. Yeah, it's been tough. Okay, so listen. We, um, what's next? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Mortal Wait. Kombat 11. That's uh, weird. Mortal uh, Kombat 11 looks great, Zach. What could possibly yeah, have gone Mortal wrong? Kombat, so listen. So listen. Mortal Kombat had its reveal event today. And the combat looks looks slowed down, pulled back, and decidedly gross as usual. Um, but it's, one... it's itchy and scratchy the video game basically. Yeah, yeah, I don't like it. It makes me nervous. Right. Um, but uh, it also has drawn uh, some heat from smaller sections of the internet. Um, <laughs> around the casting of Ronda Rousey as which character from Mortal Kombat? I, Sonya I don't... Blade. Sonya Blade. One of the Sonya Blade. She's been uh, a character since the original game. Um, she is a classic. All of the actors yep. and voice actors have, have jumped around from game to game. Um, sure. It is kind of weird to have like a celebrity or pseudo celebrity um, portrayal for one of the main characters. Yeah. Outside well, Zach... of. Yeah. 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 Zach, who is that celebrity? Uh, so Ronda Rousey is a oh, I forget which weight class she's, but she used to be UFC Welter and then. Weight. I thought it was bantamweight. I might bantamweight is it bantamweight? Okay. She used to be UFC, and I think she has now since pivoted to WWE. Wrestling. She does the WWE. Yeah. yeah. I don't watch wrestling. wrestling, but yeah. Yeah. So she has since pivoted events. Since she had a couple rough fights where she, uh, it seemed like her 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 time at the top had ended, and so she's kind of departed to the entertainment part of wrestling. Which, listen, no heat against the entertainment part of wrestling, but there are genuine reasons to be upset about Ronda Rousey, uh, including. Uh, some transphobic comments about her uh, around wrestling and and fighting in general. Uh, also, reports of domestic abuse. Um, well, and she, then uh, reports. She proudly uh, yeah, talked she, about it yeah. in her own words. Yeah, that's, yeah. Which to be, I mean, like the guy was being skeezy, but yes, she absolutely basically responded in such a disproportionately violent manner that it is extremely reminiscent of, of of domestic abuse where it's somebody who's basically been holding that in and looking for an excuse to let it out um and she oh, yeah. she spoke with some pride about what she did to this guy um mm. and then and then zach there was the um the, the sandy, uh, hook sandy denial truther yeah shit. yeah so, oh, so but i didn't know, know about this until today so for those who don't know and i listen, don't so, know so, about this until today yeah, yeah. And, and so i've got i've got two comments one I'll actualize it and then i'll make mm. Uh, a while back, she retweeted a conspiracy theorist's video uh, about how the Sandy Hook shooting could have been faked. Uh, for those who don't know, that was the shooting in the United States uh, that left uh, uh, dozens of 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 like dozens four, children, four, five, and, four, five, and six year olds dead, and also some 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 educators. To, as to well. clarify, the video explicitly said that they had the evidence to prove that. Well, not only that, but I know family. Yeah. I, I know family. It wasn't I, I like, know, oh, I know here's maybe family members who were there, who uh, yeah. like who literally lost family members. So right, and and so she said that that the conspiracy very interesting and quote, a must watch, uh, which is which is problematic to say the least. Um, 
and and listen so i've seen some people on twitter and i think i think understandably so they've said well you know today is my first day of learning about this how can how can a city like nether realm be held responsible for this and i, and I understand that but i just want to quickly quickly make a point that uh these claims one going back on uh, ronda rousey have gone back to 2015 a lot of years uh but also when you are a studio uh who's running a multi-million dollar intellectual property and you're looking to to make synergy with other people in the fighting space with fighting enthusiasts you do your fucking research so yeah. well not only do you do your fucking research but you be sensitive to the fact that you own a very violent yes intellectual yeah. property well, and, and therefore you've got to you've got to be cautious in that space. Like, I, I, I love Mortal Kombat. I, I do. I do. I, I love the, the gore and the, the it's, it's so over the top. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, I also, the, the fact that, you know, this domestic abuse stuff and transphobia and, 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 you know, it just brings us, it makes it, it turns it from something that is fun and something I can accept into something like, like, come on, like yeah. d- get a better PR person. Yeah. yeah, this is very off-brand for NetherRealm. Um, so I was never a big fan of Mortal Kombat. Uh, I always thought it was kind of... I, I didn't think it was a very good fighting game because uh, they weren't very good fighting games. It wasn't uh, until like Mortal Kombat time. 9 and then it right. got a lot of Midway went right. under. Warner Brothers bought out the, the license and the team and they became NetherRealm proper as we know them today. And that mm-hmm. is... The, the Mortal Kombat 9, the reboot, is, is when it became a much more serious, good fighting game. Um, and they also started to take themselves and the property a lot more seriously. Um, they've put more effort into the story. They put more effort into taking it um, seriously in terms of characterization. I still think that, weirdly enough, this franchise that started very much, you could argue, appropriating Asian culture um, really turned into maybe one of the best examples of like a broad and varied like Asian cast. There's a ton of Asian main characters who are portrayed well outside stereotypes. I mean, Liu Kang um, in the reboot games being this very confident kind of like, you know, flirty, like that's not, you don't usually see Asian men are usually emasculated uh, Mm -hmm. in Western media. So it's, they're very positive in a lot of those ways. And the reboot was not great when like they still did that video game industry thing where women were very overly sexualized in a lot of regards, but they listened, they seem to have listened to a lot of that uh, because starting with injustice and then moving into like Mortal Kombat X and injustice two, they did a lot better. There's still ways to go, but they have definitely tried to build an image of themselves up as being a bit more serious. And Ed Boon is, is by all accounts, a joy of a man. He seems very, very friendly and open-minded and he seems like a, like this is very off-brand for another realm to have done this so i it's right. like did they not do their research which is incredibly careless or did they go ah oh, well maybe people won't care which is a stupid decision to so, make because so, you know in this era they would yeah know. i agree so like so like rustling rustling is one thing right like i i, I genuinely think that like for example like vince mcmahon we all know what kind of like i don't know rustling and I, I know vince mcmahon is he's got his thing going on, but he, 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 I'm sure he knows he probably doesn't care because Ronda Rousey brings in a ton of money. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, somebody like an Ed Boon on the other hand, who I have, who I, I have heard from many people is just a gem of a person. Um, I'm willing to bet. I I agree with Lucy. I think it's the former. I think this is just, cause I mean, I, I I didn't, I had no fucking Lucy didn't know about Mm. this today. Like I had no idea. Um, yeah. So Kasu brings up I'm, the Devil May Cry 5 uh, Dante's theme being sung by the lead singer of Suicide Silence. 
who had sexual assaults against a minor, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. allegations yeah, right. against him. Um, correct. And like Capcom did, clearly did not do their research on that. Um, right. And that's what they said. So, I mean, it's it's feasible that they just didn't look, but that's still careless. And it's something and that, unlike Capcom, redoing a vocal track for a song, it's kind of too late to just completely redo Rousey's performance. The game is out in a couple months. Like, yeah. And, and, it's and too like, late. So here, here's my thing, right? Like, um... One, this isn't, this isn't, uh, I'm not, this isn't a combination for me on Ed Boon, like, a, whatever. Um, but I think that, you know, right now, a very small section of the internet is talking about these allegations against Ronda Rousey, but they have been around for a long time. Like, I shared something in our, in our, in our private DM earlier of this story, stories about allegations around Ronda Rousey being published by ESPN. Like, mm. These are not niche things. Like, like the story about the Capcom lean singer, like I'm sure there's a website or a blog that talks about that. And, and, and maybe Capcom should have done harder research. I'm certain they should have, but like, these aren't niche publications talking about some really problematic things. And I am disappointed. I, I'm not, I'm not no, going that's to. Fair. Yeah. It, it's just, it's, it is frustrating. Um, because like you're saying, they're doing all these things to, to, to bolster inclusivity uh, and, and to not sexualize or, or fetishize different cultures. And then they also turn around and do something where, uh, again, as Lucy said, and, and it's a connection I didn't make until she said it, but she's spot on, which is like something that has been considered toxically masculine before. And then they're like, oh, also uh, the person who who's helping uh, sell this game beat the shit out of someone. Um, right. It's, yeah, it's but it, it's, 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 it's also wild to me because Mortal Kombat is so popular. Like they didn't, yeah. it didn't need Ronda Rousey. It doesn't fucking need it. It, no, like, right. yeah. you, Mortal Kombat might be the biggest fighting game in the industry right now in terms of its its popular mass market mindshare. It certainly does better than Street Fighter and Tekken in terms of of broad gaming culture. On IGN, on IGN, Mortal Kombat kills. Like yeah. it just yeah. absolutely kills. Uh, yeah. We know that if we've got a Mortal Kombat piece, it's going to do well because people people go crazy for it. This is why yeah. I'm just like. Why? Why do this? Well, so like on paper, like on paper, it makes sense, right? You got Sonya Blade, who is a character who is just an ass kicker. Um, and she doesn't take any shit from anybody, <laughs> Discord right? just censored everything you said. Yeah, well, <laughs> really? repeat yourself, buddy. It sounded okay, like, like a gag out of a sitcom. Gotcha. Where so, just... so Sonya Blade, so, so like when you, when you look at Sonya Blade, like, like, she could be played by Ronda Rousey in a film, right? She's tough. She's no nonsense. She kicks a lot of ass. Um, mm -hmm. She doesn't take any prisoners. And so, yeah, like your mind probably, if you want somebody to portray that character in a game or in a film, you probably think of somebody like a Ronda Rousey. Um, but I, I agree. Like, I, I think that this is a case of it just wasn't known. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it's really unfortunate. Um the stuff that all the like it's not just the sandy hook stuff that bugs me but we have a few friends of the show who are members proud members of the of the trans community mm -hmm. um and we support them 110 percent. i've got a lot and, of very so, close friends and family who are trans and i have yeah, to wonder yeah, if yeah, i buy yeah, this game mm -hmm. like how much am i doing wrong by them you know mm -hmm. i mean yeah I, I, I just, you know, like, I, and look, like, I'm not calling for anybody to boycott the game or anything. Like, like, you know, like, all I'm saying is that I'm with Derek, or I'm, I'm, I'm with Zach, I'm with everybody. Fucking, I, I'm, I'm disappointed. You know, like, I'm, I'm just, I'm a little disappointed to see this. Um, and well, uh, right. I wish. In, 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 you know what it strikes me as is like, in, uh, everybody likes to do this, but, but gamers. Uh, hashtag gamers seem to like to do this more than other people. Where it's like, here's this intellectual property that I love. 
who would be my like all time this would be like my fan casting right like i see this i i really like gears of war which is like a niche community but like they always like to do fan castings and it's like a fan would love to see ronda rousey in this role but like a company who's again running a multi-million dollar super successful super well-known thing that doesn't need a celebrity spokesperson they should catch this shit right like it's not zach are you really going to put the onus on a small company like Warner Brothers? <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I like, mean, like, but, but that's what kills me is that it, it is Warner Brothers. This is yeah. a company yeah. that has both the resources and the capacity to check on that. So it's either they didn't do their due diligence or they did. And the pros and cons, like the cost benefit analysis, they didn't care. Yeah, well, and it's frustrating, right? Because there's there's a ton of like really well established kick ass men and women in Hollywood cameo that don't have a problematic history. Yeah, like it just it's just well, weird. It's, it's weird too because this is also very out of step. That type of thing is kind of out of step for Mortal Kombat anyway because they have yeah. been going for um, you know, like I don't remember who uh, voiced Sonya specifically in the last couple of games. But to give you an idea, in the last game, we had people like uh, Steve Bloom and Ashley Birch. We're talking about, like, voice actors repping these games. And, like, Steve Bloom is back as Sub-Zero. I definitely recognize his voice. Um, You know, and, and, like, uh, Raiden's voice actor, who I don't remember by name, um, is, is clearly the same person. So it seems weird that Sonya was recast and also not to... Uh, another working voice actress but to but a ufc it, fighter who's like not a particularly earlier, good actress like yeah. like you mentioned it's just weird because mortal kombat it's not a game that needs the crutch of stunt casting yeah yeah it really like, doesn't it doesn't it it i mean i i i find most of these triple a games could easily do away with stunt casting um yeah. but yeah like I, you're right and, and it, it it is a thing in the in the voice acting community where you know that's so frustrated with celebrities just being shoved into these roles just because it's like an, a a cool thing like a name like a like a ronda rousey trailer or like, a, oh shit we got ronda rousey no, yeah. yeah but it's like again it's just you know do that what value does a, a celebrity voice actor add to your game other than the fact that you have to pay them a shit ton of money more I just thought of what probably pushed them over the edge to choose her because what? since she is now part of the WWE, they promote every TV show, movie and game that one of their wrestlers is in extremely heavy. So they are getting all of the wrestling promotion with it. I hear you, but I feel like if you're a diehard wrestling fan, you probably already like <laughs> that sounds like a stereotype. And no, I, I no, no, I, I hear I what you're saying, hearing it, but yeah. I have several friends that are hardcore wrestle wrestling fans, and when I tell you that the stuff that the WWE chooses to promote gets to them more than any other network or advertising, it's a big deal. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I actually attribute a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy Galaxy's success to a WWE marketing um batista to them batista was good so (laughs) do you think that maybe you had john okay i was just gonna say real quick they didn't actually model sonya blade's character after ronda rousey this time did they i don't know that facially she resembles rousey much no because in the in the opening trailer there's a very clear scene of sonya in the game and she doesn't strike like i don't believe she's modeled or mocapped by ronda i think it's well mocap was was gonna bring up do you think maybe rousey was doing mocap for 
any of the female characters and like, oh, I want to voice somebody. And it was like, I mean, it makes sense on paper. I mean, she's here's something something that I know because I I followed Injustice 2's uh, ramp up the launch is actually for Injustice 2, uh, in a kind of unique move, NetherRealm actually built uh, and established their own motion capture studio specifically for their own titles, which means that... In theory, they're bringing a lot of the talent directly to them. Sometimes that's contract work where you where you contract a motion caption studio to, to kind of help you out in those productions. But NetherRealm was doing it all in-house. So it, oh. it's, but, but that would also suggest that it's a creative choice or a financial choice to not have her lightness in the game. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a complicated thing. And, and I, I, I think that Lucy is, is spot on to say that like no game really needs a licensed person. I mean, I look at this generation's um, Quantum Break which is a game I think I like more than most, and even then I don't like it all that much. Um, but it, I mean, that game had a lot of that game had a really big cast, and like it, it. I don't. I think it would have been just as good or, or just as bad without it. Um, so, I mean, so yeah. it would have been just I, as bad for much cheaper without it. Yeah, <laughs> what oh, I'll say. I, I, but I love Remedy, so let's not be mean. I yeah. love Remedy. I'm not just not that particular. Let's Remedy. Yeah. 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 So let's Remedy. Yeah. So you know, while we're on the topic of of mistakes being made. Um, this podcast? No, sorry. Well, yeah, what well, oh. this this whole podcast is oh. like not this particular episode, but this podcast is generally. You guys need to stop being so um, self-deprecating. You've all had amazing. That's what I'm saying. It's part of our brand. brand. We have this nice, right. relaxed right. atmosphere. Right. We chill. <laughs> we have some drinks. We talk about topics in a professional but laid-back manner. We don't engage in fanboyism. Laid-back, yes. John humble bragged in the first eight minutes. I don't know about <laughs> professional. <laughs> we so, engage um, in so much less fanboy nonsense than a lot of other we shows that i listened to before i joined anyway. like john, we really do have some standards on our discussions john you sound like you're taking us to a new topic buddy i so like i i'm, I'm gonna shift the focus just a little bit um because while we're on the topic of mistakes i do want to talk about a mistake that i feel was made um with uh, assassin's creed odyssey oh, uh, yeah. and the dlc um a game full disclosure that i have not played yet um but i know a lot territory. of people who have and i know a lot of people who loved it and i know a lot of people who had some problems with this with what i'm about to discuss so so one so uh yeah finn finn 100 of the damn game like he 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 did everything there was to do in this game and it's a so big when, ass when, game when i tell you that what we're about to talk about came out of nowhere and uh felt very tone deaf i i have some thoughts it's yeah no go ahead because okay. yeah Go, okay, go, go. so so no no no, it's fine. I'm so, pouring so, more wine. No, please, please, no, no, no. As, She's as, gonna need uh, more wine as, for this as topic. The Dread Pirate Wesley would say, uh, "Good, then pour the wine." Um, so in Assassin's Creed uh, Odyssey, I think one of the really cool things about that game was the ability to shape your character's sexual preferences the way you wanted. Right, like it was even more so than than Mass Effect. I think uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, from everything I've heard, gave you the power to really not just role play a character but but really th- like you know if, if you're a member of the lgbtq uh, community really throw everything about you into that character if you wanted to role play a um if you, you could role play anything you want you know if you wanted to role play somebody who was uh who was in a same-sex relationship then you could do that in assassin's creed uh odyssey it, it gave you the option to do that and i don't think any other game has approached that topic with that much freedom yeah. uh but b- before which is uh, which is great it's amazing and it's something that the industry has needed for many right. many years well, the thing that people I... are 
Go ahead, but, no, please, please, Zach. No, 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 no. Just, just the one thing that I really want to praise um, Odyssey on before I dunk on it um, is that one of the things that I really appreciated <laughs> about it is I found, especially in the last decade, but it's getting better, is that when we would feature a gay or bisexual character that, that was player romance uh, possible, it would often be one or two characters, uh, which which I think is... is um, limiting and disappointing and and it basically says like i hope you like this one character type for your character that that you would want to be compatible with but like odyssey did this really cool thing where like no like there's a ton of different personality types and, it, and whoever it is regardless of, of 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 the the sexuality of your character whatever like they're romanceable and they all have different personalities and like it just felt so much stronger well and that's actually something that dragon age uh inquisition did is is they said you know there's one exclusively gay character game like that you can only yeah. romance there's only one person in this game that you can ro that you can engage in a same-sex uh relationship well, the, with. that's it, it. it but it, it yeah it, it no you're right because it depended on whether you're playing as a guy or, or a girl it, it, exactly yeah, yeah like yeah it's like if you're it, i think it was uh it was a mage it was darian and sarah that's right yeah. that's the right. archer and the mage um, which is which is a step but it's not like the huge leap that assassin's creed odyssey took yeah. and that was great mm -hmm. that was that was really refreshing to hear the problem in that is that in the new assassin's creed dlc and by the way i like i'm going to criticize uh i'm going to criticize the game here it doesn't take away from any of the great stuff that the game did um it's it's, it's just a mistake but what they did was the dlc for the game forces you into a into a relationship with the opposite sex for the purpose of having a child and so it basically takes for example um if you're a guy and 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 you have built uh and you have played as an exclusively gay character then the game the dlc it essentially forces you into a heterosexual relationship um, a child is produced, and there was a there was a big uproar about this. There was a lot. There's been a lot of discussion about it, and I wanted to kind of bring the discussion here to SDGC I mean, because uh, Lucy, please go ahead. No, it's just it's 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 an insane decision. I I don't understand how this sort of slipped through the cracks. Me neither. Yeah, but it's, it's just like it, it was such a there was so much player choice, there was so much uh, freedom, and it was celebrated as a game that that could be played by anyone of any. You know, uh, uh, I mean, I'm gay. Like, I have played plenty of games that where it's just like a single sexual orientation. So that's not like not what I'm trying to say. I guess what I'm trying to say is like it was celebrated because it gave us so much choice. That's um, right. And I don't really, I don't quite understand how Ubisoft yeah. ignored. I mean everyone was singing the praises of this game for that very reason. And I don't understand how it completely ignored. Yeah. I mean, like, this, the state, John, John, have you got the statement ready? The, did yeah, you, actually, yeah. I, I actually, I do. Um, so, yeah. so, uh, cause I, I, you know, I, I, I just like to have statements. It was made um, worse because be, while he gets, pulls that up, um, in all the marketing and lead up to the game, they specifically mentioned as a point of pride mm. that at no point in this game will you be forced to uh have a relationship like they said as a check mark on the game's marketing that you can choose to play your character in whatever sexuality you want right and then this dlc undoes all of that and they just seem it's to counter to their own words that they put exactly. out exactly it, it's almost made worse by the fact that 
everything before this DLC dropped was, no, you play your character as you. Your Cassandra, your Alexios is your character. And mm. then they end this. And the worst part is they give you options in the DLC to turn him or her down. For me, so, to him, because I play as Cassandra. Yeah. So I, you can rebuke the advances, the entire DLC, and then it ends with the choice being removed from you. So I, I, I've actually got the statement here. Um, this is um, this is from the boards. Uh, so Jonathan Dumont, who is the, uh, I believe, the creative, yeah, he's the creative director for the game. Uh, he went on the Assassin's Creed forums and posted the following message, and I'll, I'll, I'll quote it here. Uh, he says, reading through player responses of our new DLC for Legacy, the First Blade, Shadow Heritage, we want to extend an apology to players disappointed by a relationship your character partakes in. The, atten- the intention of the story was to explain how your character's bloodline has a lasting impact on the assassins. But looking through your responses, it is clear we missed the mark. Alexios or Cassandra, realizing their own mortality and the sacrifice Leonidas and Mirren made before them to keep their legacy alive, felt the desire and duty to preserve their important lineage. Our goal was to let players choose between a, util- a, a utilitarian view of ensuring your bloodline lived on or forming a romantic relationship. We attempted to distinguish between the two, but could have done this more carefully as we were walking a narrow line between roleplay choices and story. And the clarity and motivation for this decision was poorly executed. As you continue the adventure in the next episode Bloodline, please know that you will not have to engage in a lasting romantic relationship if you do not want to. We have read read your responses online and taken them to heart. This has been a learning experience for us. Understanding how attached you feel to to your Cassandra and your Alexios is humbling, and knowing that we let you down is not something we take lightly. We'll work to do better and make sure the element of player choice in Assassin's Creed Odyssey carries through to our DLC content so you can stay true to the character you've imbibed throughout. That is a. I, mean, that, I would say that is a perfect response. Yeah, that's great. I, I you would know. say that it's such a great response. Um, it shows that they have kind of been humbled by the fact that I mean, I don't understand why they didn't know this, <laughs> why they didn't get it beforehand. But like, it is it is a very good response. It's the you best know, response for a really bad situation that there's yes. no great response yeah, for. Yeah, and like, because even the I, good I, response is still, if you're a lesbian, then your character still has to spread their legs and think of the future, and that's it's just not romantic. <laughs> like, okay, but that's still a hey, little fucked. We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finn, go ahead. Finn, why are you raising your hand? Just interrupt. This is an interruption. No, no I don't like doing that. Um, the other thing that I want to give them credit for is another. Uh, it did. They didn't mention it in that, but they mentioned it later that they will be patching the trophy name yeah the, part, was, the trophy name is fucked that was what another was point of contention. it was called, name growing, is called up. growing up oh which is right because they're told That's that awful. when you grow up you'll you'll realize you want kids and you want a family you'll oh, grow out of this wow. this, this or you'll do it for the future like your little dalliance with same-sex yeah. relationships yeah. exactly oh my God, that's so i did like that they're also yeah. changing that because the name of the trophy was was right up there as part of why it was so egregious of, of of a thing that they did so the fact that they're also changing that is, is a well, good sign well and it's prompt right like i think that's the other good thing right yes, like they yeah. didn't wait like they said okay we we fucked up mm-hmm. we made a mistake um i don't think and and again like i want to i want to stress like just like i don't think ed boone did anything intentionally bad by bringing ronda rousey in, i don't think this was an intentional decision but i just don't think they were thinking like it wasn't malicious with, it was just thoughtless but, but, but again like i'm in I, i'm with lucy and like you know I 
I understand that Assassin's Creed Odyssey, again, haven't played it, but I have heard nothing but great things about the game itself. But I heard more praise about this particular aspect of the game than I have any other aspect of the game. And so to yeah. screw it up like this, yeah. just like, like I'm, I'm wondering how that happened. Like Cassandra, I, Cassandra is, right, is definitely up there as one of the best Assassin's Creed characters. Yeah. Like Alexios, he exists, sure. Yeah, Cassandra's fine. the star of the show. Well, and I, I have to wonder about how development timelines for things like DLC work. And, and, I, and I, I won't pretend that I understand the, the structure and, and the, the studios that are contractually helping uh, Ubisoft's uh, uh, flagship with making this game. Um, but to me, it feels like um, when you hear about things like Destiny having support studios from Activision when they were still partnered with Activision, it almost strikes me as like this DLC was made by a support studio that maybe didn't have the same, this is purely speculative, uh, but didn't maybe have the same design philosophy as the mainline studio. Because like, I mean, remember, this is this is a, a hefty bit of content coming out two months, three months after the original game's launch. And like, yep. the mainline studio probably wasn't making this at the same time they were making uh, the book of the game. So I, I mean, that's not an excuse. And it's purely speculative. Uh, but it, like, like y'all have been saying, it, it just, it it's shocking because the, the, core of odyssey was so different and such a positive departure from some of like the more linear aspects of the game that we've seen for the last 10 years it, mm -hmm. i'm just fucking disappointed i mean yeah. like you know it sounds like they're gonna they're gonna make better by it and it sounds like they learned something but I'm, in the meantime i'm fucking disappointed i think this is more of a bump in the road for the game like like it's a big oh, sure. bump like it's it's a big bump but i don't think that it you know, I I don't think it, I don't think that it just like erases all the good decisions the game no, made. It, of course, it doesn't. No. And it, yeah. that's not how any of this works. Yeah. You know, I think that that people should, including companies and studios, should be allowed the space to screw up. I mean, it yep. it does it does happen. Um, and but when when this game has has honestly just been such a force for good for so many people um it's 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 a shame but like i'm i'm very ready to kind of just like move forward yeah. from it well yeah. and it's interesting because i have i mean you know I, I i have friends who are members of the lgbt community and who are gamers and we've had discussions about stuff like this and mm -hmm. this is a such an important game to a lot of people because it is really the first yeah like like derek like like you know like like it's uh it, and it is such a I guess I'll use the term watershed moment for games. I think I, I consider it to be one of the most important games of, mm. of, of this generation simply because we haven't seen something like this. Um, you know, like, and, and it goes, I, I think this, this and the last of us too, uh, where you've got a, uh, we've got, uh, you know, Ellie who is, who is a gay character who is front and center. She's no shit. The heroine of the game. Um, she's in a same sex relationship. And I feel like, I feel like it's finally happening, you know, like, 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 like Indy, we are finally getting the normalization that, that it deserves. And, and Indy, yeah. Indy has been, Indy has been waiting for AAA to catch up and AAA <laughs> is getting there. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Listen, gonna, unless y'all, unless y'all have, wait, do you, do you have one more thing, John? Before no, I was going to say, I think we've exhausted all our topics tonight, Zach. Have we? I, I was going to ask, and this is just, just to kind of lift the mood before we go, we can, we can sign off, but I kind of wanted to know. Excluding the EA negative negativity around it currently, if you could see a Star Wars type of game, whether that's a genre or an era or 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 even a development studio take on Ooh. the Star Wars license, what would you want to see? If anybody has anything, 
uh, Project Ace's take on Rogue Squadron. Let's go. Oh <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm all over. Yeah, I um, awesome. I wouldn't have actually thought about Project Aces before recently, um, but like, I've just you know, Rogue Squadron needs to come back in general. But you know, getting prepared for the review for Ace Combat Seven, like, it's, it's got me thinking. Like, it's a talented team. It's a really solid model, and like, I believe these guys could make a really good space dog fighting game. That's so. fucking outstanding. But I mean, just even in that vein, just give me more Rogue Squadron, please. I want it. Lucy, want what about you? That's an interesting question. Oh, everyone's gone silent. Oh, no, I'm here. We, we, we pause for you. Do you have anything? Oh, oh. <laughs> it's okay. There was a slowdown. Um, no, I mean, to be, to be completely honest, like I, I not, not to be a bummer because I love the idea of pie in the sky stuff, but, uh, yeah. like for me, like Amy Hennig's idea, yeah. the, 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 an uncharted style Star Wars story was kind of the best I could hope for. Yeah. Because again, linear storytelling suits star wars really well yeah and um yep. and it, again it's working within constraints so beautifully so that's why i'm kind of like I'm, I'm a little sad that that never happened but i guess like i still have hopes that that is what i will eventually see yeah so i um i will uh, i will agree with lucy but i'll add to it i i do want I mean, Amy Henning is respons is responsible for some of my greatest stories, like my some of my favorite gaming narratives of all time, like you know Uncharted one through three, or probably some of my three favorite games of all time. Um, and, and so I would love to see her bring her her storytelling style to Star Wars finally, um, or just do another game because she's such a talented woman and she deserves to have a game published. Mm -hmm. Um, but if I could see like if we're talking like like pie in the sky dream scenario. I gotta say, it would be really badass to see a studio like Platinum make just a badass lights lightsaber wielding fucking you know I'm a Jedi just slicing everything up like oh my yeah. god that you would just be want so Platinum funny. to make every game in I, every I, genre. I just every... like dude, Platinum would make Can such no a wrong. fucking badass like just oh insert like, no, right. Platinum Platinum would make I mean if I mean not that it would ever happen it oh, would never happen. That the that license will never go to. Yeah, no. That I mean, I mean, I mean, Lucy, I've been I've been screaming for years. Please give Castlevania to uh uh, uh Miyazaki. Please give Castlevania yeah. to Miyazaki. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's never gonna happen. But yeah. I, but uh, man, I mean, we, that would be so much fun. Oh my god, Castlevania Miyazaki. I, I I can't even go down the Castlevania Miyazaki route because I won't stop. Uh, Finn, what about you? Star Wars Bounty Hunter game by Arcane Studios. Oh. In the vein of Dishonored, oh. basically, remember what Prey Two huh. is supposed to be? Yeah, it's kind of not open world, but just open-ish world. Oh, like it's a lot of different. Quiet, man. <laughs> no. I like it. Uh, like basically, think Dishonored, but with um, Star Wars bounty hunters. You and, you uh, want an immersive sim for bounty hunting? I do, I do, and I think that would be awesome. And also because, like Lucy said. You just want a nice, tightly structured narrative, yeah. and I, I've, or you know, with if that, without that, maybe just uh, please bring back thirteen thirteen. Yeah. Like, sure, man, that game looks so good for the brief thirty second footage we saw before it was canceled. 
I just want to fin- give guys give a quick shout out to our uh, fellow podcast member uh, Justin. Chat Justin Justin just entered the chat, and he said uh, he said Justin or somebody said Justin's busting in, and I said that's that's actually his Smash intro. <laughs> is, is, uh, when when Justin becomes oh. a uh, a Smash character, it's gonna be Justin busting in. Uh, Zach, so, what about you? I I don't know who would make it. Uh, I I I really 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 fell hard uh, um, for the Red Strings Club last year and that style of game. Uh, and I would I would really really like to see a Star Wars game that handles uh, the ins and outs of intimate relationships within that universe that doesn't ultimately uh, revolve around conflict. Interesting. Uh, I I think that and, and don't get me wrong I love the fighting shit that happens in Star Wars. Uh, it, it's really interesting. But like I just there's been so much small scale relationships uh, that that haven't been explored and there's so much world there that I just want to see a story about like six people. And and just I, I don't know I just want to see like friend dynamics yeah and, and like I guess I don't know that makes for a compelling fucking video game but, but you know some good boys podcast. you get Zach. friend dynamics every Thursday night Zach What's Zach that just inspired me you remember that indie game that India uh, bar tender simulation Valhalla Valhalla the the best indie game ever made yes. no but you you do that but in like a Moz Eisley tavern and you are a oh. space bartender and you just are hearing all the escapades as long as cod. it's every bit as gay as Valhalla was then I want it there is zero chance it wouldn't be all right guys oh. like le- leisure suit Larry but Star Wars can nope. let's no, go that's no. not it that's not it podcast <laughs> is canceled I'm off that's not it. Derek please Derek please let's hear it Put your headphones back on. I'm back. Let's hear it. Huh? He said Ace Combat. Derek, it's your he turn. Ace Combat. Oh, here you get I, it. I, I, I said I said Rogue Maybe Squadron. Maybe I have had too much bourbon tonight. It's it's entirely possible that I've already I've already had way too much bourbon. Yeah. Uh, has it? Has everybody dropped their their Star Wars takes? They have. Yes. John, yeah. before, John, uh, but before you take us home, Lucy, where can people find you? Yes. Uh, you can find me at uh, Lucy O'Brien on both Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Oh, it was such a pleasure. Like anytime. I'd love to like join again. Oh, that sounds that, awesome. That, 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 we'll that probably makes take you up on that. That is such time. a rare thing to hear from a guest. Yes. It's it is not. We have guests like... who we have guests who want to come back. Some of, of course you do. This is a some great of, podcast. Some of them do. Thank you so much. Lucy, coming from you, that means so much. Thank you so much for saying that. That just made my week. Um, just do a little uh, do a little housekeeping real quick. Um, we have got uh, we got some more big guests coming up. Uh, Jeff Grubb from uh, GamesBeat will be joining us next week. And guys, by the way, just so you know, uh, Tom Johnson is going to be on that podcast as well. Oh, no. Uh, so no. It's going to be fucking lit. It's going to be oh, lit. Oh, it's going to be a really good dumpster fire then it's, with, with, it's gonna with be a good. lot of us. Uh, in the coming weeks, we also have Steve Spawn uh, returning to SCGC as well. He is um, a legend. He is, he such is a legend. fucking awesome. I'm really looking forward One to him. I've admired him for so long. Yeah. We've, so, we, we've had him on before, and, and he is just an absolute joy to have on. Uh, so so Steve is going to be on uh, as well. Um, yeah, I know. Justin in chat says, oh, no, Tom and Jeff. It's going to be so great. <laughs> um, and uh, we've got some more guests coming up as well uh that i still can't quite talk about but i'm very excited to break the news Jeez. to you guys very soon uh all the guys know the the some of the guests i'm referring to i'm very very excited uh we're just waiting on confirmation dates and then i will break them to you but it's going to be pretty awesome guys i'm very excited to, to 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 talk about that and we've also got some uh something very special coming up next week zach how much can we say no we no. you can talk about what we're doing we will have content covering resident evil and also he's uh, yeah so days. so we will have uh we will have a we'll have a
embargo day for Resident Evil 2. Um, and Ace so, Combat. And Ace Combat 7 yeah. as well. Yeah, uh, I've, so, got, I've got Ace Combat. We've got some preview stuff, uh, like a first impressions thing going up tomorrow. Uh, once the yeah. embargo is up, um, I'm also working on the written review. Will not be done for tomorrow, uh, but it will be. Can I talk about done? my Kingdom Hearts stuff coverage? Yeah. Real quick, yeah. Go ahead, please. Yeah. No, That's just uh, we'll be tackling Kingdom Hearts from the perspective of someone who has not touched the franchise since Kingdom Hearts Two. Oh, we're gonna work. I'm, I'm the same. We are going to uh, <laughs> tackle it uh, to see if it really. If it'll cater, if you to can really go just fans, from two to three, yeah, can you just treat it as a trilogy, or do you have to consume thirteen years of supplemental material? Spoiler: You do have to consume. Spoiler: You do probably yeah. absolutely fucking. Do. It'll be amazing to try and cover this game and, and parse it without knowing who any of these non-Disney or Final Fantasy people are. Yeah, and uh, oh, I, I and uh, Finn, that sounds fucking. Awesome. I'm looking forward to that. And I, I also do want to point out that uh, Zach and I are doing a co-review of Resident Evil 2. Yes. Um, so, from, so From the position of John, who really likes Resident Evil, and me, Resident Evil game. Uh, yeah, so this is a, we're going to juxtapose, yeah. The, you know, the new and the old. Sword. New and old is what we're going for. Right, John? Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> new and old. You got it. Oh, so, like, hold on. Are you saying that I'm old and busted and, and you're the new hotness? Like, is that is that where we're going with this? Like, it's not what, what he's doing? not saying. It's, is this yeah. like a Tommy Lee Jones oh, uh, Will Smith scenario? Like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay, that's oh, fine. Does that mean Zach that. gets to just randomly scream out, "Oh hell no!" Nah. No, yeah, he does that to me anyway. John, so, we have we have two more let pieces. Me go to bed. It's oh, light content coming up. Okay, um, all right. On Saturday, Lucy's like, have, "Oh my god, get uh, me off!" Of this I know. <laughs> on Saturday, we have our next um, Final Fantasy retrospective. It's Final yes, Fantasy VIII. Uh, we got it was me, John, Finn, and we had uh, Tom Johnson and Natalie Flores on, uh, and it was a really good discussion. Um, and then tomorrow at noon Eastern Standard Time, John and I are gonna play more Resident Evil Five, which was a ridiculous time last time because John had to corral me as a very deadly toddler. Put a fucking um, bell on. In you. kind of a run up to Resident Evil Two coming out, Resident Evil Five is one of the most maligned in the series. We had to go back to it, and it turns out it's a great time when you have a former Marine and a very deadly toddler. So it's such a fucking you know. disaster playing Resident <laughs> Evil with you. It's terrible, but it's also good. It's good, but terrible at the same time. It's a comedy. All right, routine. everybody. Uh, that's all we got for right now. Uh, forward to uh, all the content we got coming next week. Like we said, Ace Combat 7, Resident Evil 2 review dropping. Uh, it's going to be a good time. And as always, it's not always poetry and we don't always agree, but we always keep it real. So until next time, please take care of each other. Be good to each other. We'll see you next week. <laughs>